I am here with a couple of students, uh, Jessica and Andre. We went to Hong Kong about two weeks ago. Uh, it was right before finals week, so I think we got all the, uh, all the work out of the way and we got our minds cleared up and we've been able to think about the conference and reflect a little bit on it. So I've invited them to have a little conversation about our experiences in Hong Kong and the conference and what they thought about it. Um, just a little bit of background, the conference uh, was called the Business of Design Week. It was held in Hong Kong, uh, which is mainly planned and headed by uh, an ID alum um, who came here a couple years ago. Um, and I'd like to, my name is Ignacio. Uh, I'm a Master of Design student, first year, uh, did my foundation last year. Uh, to my left is Jessica. Yep, um, so I'm Jessica, Jessica Lee, and uh, like Ignacio, I'm also a first year in the Master of Design program, having done foundation last year. I am Andrea Nogueira, I am a first year PhD student um, starting the, the design career um, this year. Great. And uh, there were other students uh, that also went this year. There uh, were, I think, a total of 10 students, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that went from the whole IIT campus. But from ID, there were five students, and then other students from architecture and landscape architecture. Um, and that was mainly because this year's theme was Chicago Made, which was the first North American city to be the focus of the conference. Uh, so many more students were sponsored to go as a result. Um, and so because it was Chicago made theme, uh, there was an exhibition for the city, uh, which included like Chicago Design Museum, and there was a lot of different speakers like Jeannie Gang, architect, uh, Mark Kelly, Emmanuel Pratt, uh, Carol Ross Barney, and as well as food and entertainment that was inspired by Chicago, like Sugar Blue, and I also heard that the gala dinner was Chicago inspired as well. Um, but back to the conference, uh, there were forums uh, right before the actual opening of the conference, uh, which was sort of like a soft opening, and um, I wasn't there for the fashion forum, but I know Andre and Jessica were there. Um, do you have any thoughts about it? Um, yeah, um, I think it was their first year on doing it. Um, I thought it was um, quite interesting to see um, their approach um, to fashion and I mean, um, textile industry and Asia are very, very connected. So when you think about um, <clears throat> having this, um, there's a space to discuss creativity um, and not only um, uh, the manufacturing part of, uh, of um, fashion development was quite interesting and to understand a little bit um, where they withdraw um, their um, processes, their um, um, inspiration was quite interesting. Um, I would I would say though that was the panel of the discussions were very um, restrict. Like I I, th I felt like that the conversations were very uh, narrow towards. Um, the, the speaker's audience and not the, the, the topic um, interest. So it was, there, it was basically focused on their speakers and on their, um, their career. And um, uh, so I thought that, that that caused a little bit of, um, um, that generated a little bit of barrier for interaction. So I didn't see much interaction as I saw on the, on the, uh, the design conference, what, yeah. do you, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I thought about that until you said it, but I think the speakers, especially during Asia fashion, was much more um, just on the speakers themselves. They were kind of talking about how they got into the careers. It was asking a lot of the questions, even the <coughs> Q&A um, from the audience was, how did you get into the career? How do you how do you deal with haters? How do you, you know, how do you deal with, you? there's one photographer who was really avant-garde and did a lot of like um, uncomfortable like sexuality scenes and um, he was kind of like the underground uh, art in China yeah. and they were just asking like, oh, how, are you, how do you get into that and, and such. Um, I, I wonder if it's actually because of the audience in, uh, sorry, Fashion Asia, because I actually met a lot of fashion designers when I was there and apparently the thing was, if you didn't wear black, you did not get the memo because yeah. everyone wore black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> true. yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how how big black was in in, in the fashion world. Um, but so I met a lot of people there who were budding fashion designers from all over Asia, Hong Kong. Um, there were some that were there for Business Design Week. The majority of them were, were yeah. fa fashion yeah. fashionistas in 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 wanting to be so. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I think that for me, it was a particularly interesting insight into the fashion world, not being someone in the fashion world. So I think the most interesting panel for me was the one that had um, the man from Macy's. I don't know if you're there yet for that one in Hong Kong. But uh, so he was, I need to look him up. I think his name was Dustin, and he worked at Macy's Innovation. Um, and the rest of the panel was also just an innovation team. Like he was... One was like a chief innovator, chief chaos manager at another company. Mm -hmm. um, and they had, I thought, the most interesting panel of trying to say in the retail space, what are they trying to do to innovate? Um, and I thought it was interesting because their uh, concept that they were prototyping was very similar to the concept that I came up with in the summer over the, uh, when I worked in Taipei. Not I, my group did, um, in Taipei for a retail market. It was very similar. Um, so... Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't there for for his yeah. for his conversations, but I thought I thought it, I, I thought I think it is interesting to to bring this because it kind of like positions the field um, uh, in relation to other um, to a broader discussion, right? So trying to understand what's what's the stage of fa fashion in Asia at the moment. And I think that that, that uh, if we were to say, um, based on the on the the two days that they had there, it's actually exploring the individuality and the building the identity, the Asia identity, um, in the in the fashion um, um, sector, right? What do you think? Because I thought there was a huge difference between the approach that we had from the fashion and the, 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 the business design week. I, I thought that, 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 I mean, not that they're comparable, but I, f I feel like thinking about the design field, the business field, and the business design field in comparison to the fashion field and their position in the market and the challenges that they're facing, I feel like within the Asian context, that there are two to, to different scenarios we could see. And that brings me to another, the next day of the forums, which was focused on brand. And you know, you had speakers from Airbnb, Porsche, um, 
talking about uh, the value of a brand and platforms as the new way for companies to actually ex be innovative and explore products rather than focusing on one product area. Um, so for example, uh, the Porsche speaker, and I'm talking, yeah, Porsche, the car company, but they also have a studio design uh, sort of company that, that produces like speakers, uh, which was a giveaway prize at the gala, which is amazing. Um, but he said, uh, I quoted him and I wrote this down, that consumers will value a product more when they know the origins of how a product came to be. So building a narrative around the products and around the company. Um, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on sort of like this whole sort of uh, brand and narrative that they bring, that they brought to the, to the forum, and I guess what the role of a designer is in sort of this new era. Thinking back on what we were taught in foundation and also through the design program is that people get stuck to narratives. Um, people love narratives, they wanna hear stories, they wanna hear the origin of something. And um, for me, it was very clear on the stage that is exactly what every single speaker on that stage was talking about. We went through LG, who was talking about what is the <coughs> essence of an LG product. Bucket Feet, whose entire narrative was like sharing stories around with people around the world. And Airbnb having experiences, it's not just an app, but they were having experiences. Um, and, and, and Tencent, where everyone was just talking kind of about a narrative, a lifestyle. Or um, I think that really, for me, brought me back to our design education back in Chicago. I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what we're learning to do here. We're trying to sell narratives, we're selling stories when we're presenting to our clients and such. Yeah, um, I, I think that um, extending this discussion of narratives, um, I feel like um, there, is this, there was this moment where um, the origin of the, the, the product didn't matter. Right, what it matters were to have the access to that product. Right, right now we are um, understanding there is a meaning behind it. There is a consequences of it, and and, and there, there, um, there are other narratives that complement the the accessibility of the product. Um, with that said, um, there are many things that we now have in front of us um, connected to us. They are made in China, or made in you know, um, made in somewhere in Asia, right? So Asia became this uh, manufacturer place uh, where things are made there. Um, but now I feel that they're gonna they they're trying to switch the in to uh, buy or with, you know, made with may buy, you know, trying to, trying to bring this, this ownership and participate um, also with in, 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 the, in the development part, in the creativity part, and trying to host this discussion um, where things are actually happening, where things are actually being done, you know. So I, I felt that, that this, this whole day kind of like brought this, this, this feeling um, from my perspective at least of like saying, hey, it's not that things are, are, are made in here, but they're made by here or they're made with here. We participate, we are standing for, we are supporting, we are promoting, we are, we are not um, as um, 
just a, a, a plugin or now or a resources. We are, we are actually part of it. So that, that interesting. So bringing location and place to like their offering. Yeah, and actually flipping flipping the the, the narrative. Uh, uh, where the narrative actually didn't position them in a hot spot and now they're flipping this trying to build this this new framing uh, where they are actually in the middle of it moving on to the uh, main conference um, so it started on Thursday the first speaker that we saw was uh, Carol Ross Barney an architect here in Chicago who helped develop the Chicago Riverwalk the story that Carol um, told was uh, really beautiful, um, and uh, yeah, what were your guys' thoughts um? Um, about her? I think she she set she set the bars pretty high. Yeah, she did. Um, but um, I want to also um, try to bring a little bit because um, I think that now we are actually um, opening the gates um, of um, the business. Um, the business week and I feel like there's a thing that we need to um, maybe touch which is the, the actual um, cultural difference of um, yeah. of, of the um, of the event okay you know, yeah, yeah. like uh, I feel like um, there was this entire process of getting into the room engaging connecting with people lots and lots and lots of people there to serve you, to help you, um, um, continuous feedbacks, um, different rooms, um, good technology, everything working out, um, besides the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the it Wi-Fi was a little tricky, yeah. 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 Um, But it was quite interesting to see how, how, how the, the definition of an event organization was quite different from from what we have here in, in America, what do what do you? Yeah, I, I I definitely agree, and I, the great thing that you brought that up, sort of like the experience of getting there was uh, definitely different because I know I think what Andre maybe referring or what I'm thinking of is uh, when you walked into the main conference room where the speakers were, uh, you were sort of guided from the from the entrance point, right? From to like your seat. To your seat. Um, and then even after, like w during the breaks, you know, it was very orchestrated. It was very um, efficient, right? Very, uh, they it was it was a different kind of experience than being here at a conference in the U.S. for sure. And also the the scenario as well was quite impressive. You know, like all oh. the stage, the the background, and like all of this. You know, it was not. It was definitely not just an auditorium. You know, like it was oh, yeah. an entire yeah. thing that they built on, that they you know organized this in a way that it's, it's actually it's built to impress. Yeah, you know? I agree. That, that's that's one of the things. It's built to impress, right? It's it's built to 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 have this feeling of, of of safety, of professionalism, of you know this we we take stuff serious here. We this is business, literally, right? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are just so many events you could go to. It was honestly, liter it was literally impossible to go to everything because there were plenary sessions that happened co concurrently. Uh, like there were what, four speakers that would be speaking at any given time mm -hmm. during the second half of each day. Um, and, and, and on top of that, there was even like there's two other conferences. I think the Inno Design Tech Expo, and then um, I think 
there's another one somewhere else. But like you just you those are exhibitions and, and trade shows sort of um, environments, and you just really could not. I couldn't go to everything. Yeah. I, just, I couldn't go to everything. I wanted to, but I couldn't. It was impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> you yeah, be inspired in many many ways. Yeah, it may be like you get overwhelmed with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is also part of what we, we talked a little bit. I don't know if you're going to get back um, um, to, to the actual um, perception of Hong Kong, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the idea of, the, the, of this, uh, of being overwhelmed with yeah. information continuously, right? This, this very um, dense framing of everything mm -hmm. from food menus to <laughs> windows, to sidewalks, to um, the even the fashion, the shoes, right? The 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 colors of the hairs, like so many informations going on, overlaid, or you know, um, um, I don't even know if you have this word in English, but it's like juxtaposed, like oh, yeah, juxtaposed, juxtaposed, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like. It's so many things that everywhere you go, you kind of get like, whoa, let me try to digest this here. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you've been 15 minutes there, right? It's just so much going on. And like the temples, the temple that we went, the street market we went, it's so much information all over. And mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it's a region. It means it's a culture because in so many places we've been, even in restaurants, like, you know, nice restaurants, we've been, like, so many plants or so many lights or, you know? Like, there's so so much of everything. Huh. What do you, yeah. what do you... I agree, and I, yeah. I think we're sort of going into, like, Hong Kong and the experience, uh, which is great because uh, uh, something that you just said resonated, uh, built to impress, and I feel like that just resonated across all of Hong Kong and, yeah. like, everywhere we were, right? Like. I mean, so many tall buildings, like from the moment that I got off the airport, or off the plane into the airport, drove a taxi down to the hotel, like walked around, it was like, it was grandiose, it was like built to impress, like this is Hong Kong, like yes, we have a presence in the world, and it's huge. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was beautiful, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's so interesting, because like, have uh, someone, so since I've gone to Hong Kong almost like every year since I was five, um, for me, a lot of these things is like second nature. So for you to mention that, it's like you're right. Everything is so condensed. Everything is very dense. Um, I, I, I like don't really see it anymore. I was thinking my trip this time was the most um, uh, most young urban professional I've ever had in a way of like, oh, so this is kind of what it could be like to live in Hong Kong, like to be working in Hong Kong, quote unquote. Like I had a, you know, we had to dress up kind of professionally. We had to be be in some places at a certain time, and I was alone, not with my family. Um, so I thought that was really, it was different for me. Um, and I actually thought it was like almost more manageable than what I've had to deal with in the past with family when we have a lot of things going on. Um, but I think, I was gonna also mention how like we all took a trip to um, Hong Kong Polytechnic. Oh, the Institute of Institute, Design. Institute of Design, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, to see, what was it? Uh, Constantine Gershik's exhibition mm -hmm. and also Raphael Monel. Yeah, exhibition where they just had her free in this yeah. beautiful, beautiful and and stark Full contrasting <laughs> <laughs> building. Yeah, yeah. postmodern. Postmodern <laughs> in like a dense 
like neighborhood suburbly city. Yeah. Talked about uh, Polytechnic University and or Institute of Design, and then you know grandiose built and press, but yeah. you didn't mention the the grand oh, elevator yes. that we tried to ride, <laughs> but we were denied access because we were not students there. Yeah. But uh, just a little context: the <laughs> the elevator went from the ground floor to what was it like ten, twelve stories, twenty so stories? Tall. Yeah. It was it was a huge escalator that just like went on and on. We wanted to ride it, but alas. <laughs> We were caught midway. But it was quite interesting to see how they were flipping in terms of like um, thinking that the concept of design and design school and accessibility and you know this porosity of the building. That was a way that they actually took a different, different path to connection and gave to the city the ground level. So it was quite interesting to see this connection in a way that causes a little bit of disturbance. But that was the, the, their ground level was was actually the rooftop. The rooftop, right? right? So so that that was a that's a, a, a concept that it was quite interesting to see, especially from a design school. You know, it's kind of like coherent with with the position of openness and curiosity and 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 um, supporting curiosity, right? Whoever is curious can walk in, yeah. right? Mm. It, and and they accept it. Until until a limit. Hong Kong is one of those places where like you don't know if you ask. It's until you enter, then can you experience it fully. Yeah. It's like no, you're no, you can you can be invited to this. Every storefront is open, but until you actually go into the store, will you actually be like, whoa, whoa, the store has its own smells, its own feels, its own noises. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. interesting. So I wanted to ask you guys, were there any big surprises from the conference, from speakers, or anything that you guys saw? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> quite a few. I mean, the, the conference itself was, I think it had a, an amazing, an amazing crowd. I mean, yeah. breadth uh, of, of, of speakers. Yeah, and, um, and also the audience. I felt, I felt that the audience interact a lot with great, great, great questions. Um, when, when, let's, I don't know, maybe thinking daily, um, first day on the plenary one, um, where we had um, Carlo Carlo Righty um, Rady, I don't know how to how to pronounce his name, mm -hmm. um, from the MIT um, Sensible City Lab. Um, it was quite interesting to see um, how far. Um, design can go in terms of expression and um, um, touching and crossing boundaries and um, um, once it brings uh, it, it's justified by uh, uh, a great meaning then the doors are open right um, I felt like his his descriptions were um, very 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 um, conceptualized um, in a way that he, he, you could always connect his conversations and his his um, work with with so many other things that are happening and so many trends and challenges there there out there. Um, but he, as a great designer, he he could impact complexity in a way that his project seems such obvious and um, 
and simple answer to such complex challenges that um, is that why that, that why aren't we doing this feeling you know what's stopping us from doing this right so I, I felt like he pushed um, uh, a little bit the the the, um, the boundaries there in the same way that Carol did the first day of conversation where she was like you know this is how we face the river this is what we think about the river and the relation that we want to build between the 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 uh, the current environment and the river is completely different from the current one so we are flipping the entire relationship and building a new environment where the river becomes a place of education, a place of interaction, a place of social gathering, a place of new interactions to emerge, where, while in the past was just maybe a place of contemplation from a distance, you know, um, position. So um, I felt that uh, um, not only the project itself is great, but it's impressive to see how could she um, attached the concept and the narrative into what it's actually being built into real reality. You know, like we feel everything that she was doing. She she just framed the feeling that I was that I always feel whenever I'm there. You know, so I felt that that was that that and and that's that's a beautiful thing that designers can do. And whenever they're successful so I felt that in the first day those two were quite were quite good at discussing this yeah I right. mean I'll add on to the Carol Hospar who seems yeah. to be our three of ours so I said Baha you're right yeah. um, I think for me she it was fascinating to see her talk about a project in such detail to because I don't think a, I don't know if many other speakers did I think actually a lot of speakers just just talked about several projects in one which but then Carol, I mean, he, she went all the way and, de and defined like why each section of the river walk, why one was like, you know, for kayakers to dock. One was like, they wanted it to feel like the river, so they made it like an infinity, you know, pool-ish. Um, and um, one even had what fish could, could to, to create a biohabitat so that fish could come feed off of the plants, off of the garden that they were creating. Um, it's so smart and so beautiful because I started uh, drawing out the business model in it, which is that, every single section she did had a direct economic impact mm -hmm. where like they said for example like oh where the kayak stopped like wouldn't it be nice like i would love to have wine and just sip wine and look at the river and lo and behold they partnered with the winery who, who got there and the winery itself then created what a river walk wines two of them and one of them even got sold out which really meant that in just changing the river walk space and in bringing other partners local businesses created a huge economic and social impact um in the community uh, I don't know. Just her project, I think, is because she talked about it in so deep, so much detail. Yeah, but not only in this, but I felt like she actually, as architect, yeah, she actually crossed the boundaries of the field, and went to discussion of real implementation, and that's what we we are actually here for, right? As in the design school, we are trying to make not only develop nice things, but actually turn these things into reality and see the impact on people's lives, right? So I felt like that she, she had the ability to 
um, build a dialogue on both parts, on technical skills, on, on uh, the ability to, to recognize how to design this, but also how to implement what she's being designed. Right. Yeah, which she talked about a little bit, um, which wasn't just about the physical thing, but also about the uh, regulatory uh, the struggles oh, that she yeah. went through with the city, with the government. I mean, she went, I mean, yeah, like Jessica said, she went into a lot of detail about how these things actually get made and don't just end up on paper um, for the world to fool at what could have been. Yeah, right? like they had to go lobby for an extra couple feet of the walk so that, um, yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah, she she, she crossed not only the architecture boundaries, she crossed so many boundaries. So, so that, yeah, so that was quite impressive. Yeah, and another speaker that I wanted to ask you guys about, which I think left a great impression, at least after we left the talk, uh, was a person by the name called An Sang Su. Oh. Um, and so he is a very <laughs> inspirational uh, graphic designer. Um, uh, from Korea and also a director of a school uh, there um, and so I want to ask you guys about your thoughts all um, you Andre <laughs> wow that's <laughs> that's hard um, where do I mean, we start <laughs> yeah I mean especially um, so I'm, I think it's important to bring a little bit of the context where where he actually presented so he was the fourth of, uh, of a morning of four panelists so the first one was um, Winnie Mass from MVRDV, who gave an impressive, impressive portfolio of meaningful work where he is being challenging the regulations, the status quo that we've been developing products, the, um, the public space we've been interacting, and, and, and with this very energized and very um, enthusiastic conversation of what's next, what's next, what's next. Every time he was asking, thinking about the future, and then you know, just pushing everybody on this. Like, I don't know. The feeling was just like I want to, you know, stand up and just, you know, start Still doing something. something yeah, you know, yeah. like that, that was the feeling of like, what am I doing sitting here? You know, so it was just um, bringing this from the scale of the individual to the building, to the community, to the. Um, to even the national level and you know how to dialogue between those two but always thinking what's next and wh what he think when he brings this anxiety and, and energy to what's next he's actually saying hey guys we need to push the boundaries things that we have been doing now are not working so what's next let's think forward right so I felt that that was pretty good um, and then it came Tim Brown that I'm gonna skip Tim Brown, and then <laughs> after Tim Brown, <laughs> there was a, there was another one that uh, Patrick Blank. Um, we all know Tim Brown. <laughs> um, Patrick Blank was a guy that was like in this wonderness of the beauty of nature, and he kind of like he lost his life in there, but in the same way he found himself in there, right? Yeah. So he he kind of like he was just. He, you could see the way that he treated plant was the way that he was up there in stage, right? He was like talking about 500,000 projects that he did, but every single one of them, he had this feeling towards us. He had, you know, he was he, he kind of like this parenthood 
for for the for the for the walls that he's been growing. I felt I felt like you know, and then he brought the 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 little animals that were growing, and then the places, and then like even his hair was green. You know, like so. So he's a guy that does vertical garden all over the the world, um, and he's been well known for this. Um, not only just aesthetic, but also as an ecosystem. So he's very into the the living way and the and exploring this, so I, I felt that his panel talked a little bit about this, but then yeah. this guy came, right? Yeah, so you have like three very enthusiastic, yeah, very, and very passionate, you know, I, I felt that this, this, this panel was about passion, about passion about what you do, right? And that this guy that was a typographist in South Korea on his 60s found himself, you know, he even mentioned this in a train, you know, going with the flow where he has a final destination to reach. And when he reached 60, he was like, I'm jumping out of this train. <laughs> you know, I'm changing the destination. I'm going to wonder, right? So the never too late perspective was, was a great way. But the way that he drove himself was, uh, the way the destination that he drove himself was to, to build a new system of education. So reflecting on um, the future as well, not only with what's next, but how can I guarantee that the next generation is not going to be thinking what's next and it's going to enjoy the present. So he focused on uh, the generation that is existing now and he believes on, on the transformation and the contribution that he can give. So he builds this school of design where he teaches by principles. So it's not only saying that we have to make things, that we have to um, reframe the way that we are doing things, but he actually is reframing through educational process. So one example is that their students, the design students are there to learn design, to learn how to um, think by doing. So their, the, their entire furniture that they have in the school like tables, chairs, the students have to build their own. Not only they have to build their own, but they have to get it from the, the, the uh, recycling place or the trash place, or they have to build out of waste material. So that's one out of so many things that he, he, he said that was very, very, very impressive. Another thing that he caught, which is quite interesting that it relates a little bit to our condition here at ID was, he actually, after a while, he got the chance to set up um, um, a place for his school because his school started experiencing the city as a school. So the resources that were out there, he would explore. Um, for example, the, the public library, that was the place where he would uh, gather with the students. And then museums, they were, became classrooms. Um, parks became um, cafeterias where people would do, you know, picnics and stuff. So um, the, the, they, he used um, the, the city as a support to develop a new way of education, uh, which I think it's, it's, it's very inspiring. But once the school reached a certain level, he had to build a, well, a place that he called home. He didn't call it school. He called it home mm -hmm. for students. Um, um, which I thought it was already a different way of approaching. But the challenging was that 
um, he got an architect to develop this this home and he got the architect to work with the students for six months to design this building and one of the 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 um, the conditions for the design uh, and for the implementation was that the building would not be done um, before 10 years. That means it's a living organism. That means that students come in and out and they get the chance to intervene, they get the chance to be part of it, they get the chance to change. It's not a fixed place. And that's, I think, it's another idea of teaching by principles the way that you're thinking by doing it. So that's that's one guy that it really, it really inspired everybody. I felt that he, after his presentation and all the energy, you know, right. like setting up the stage and be like, hi, <laughs> you know? Exactly, yeah. Stop, let's think, let's interact, let's reflect. So I thought, yeah, I mean, I don't know, that, that'll be, <laughs> that'll be another <laughs> position that I, I got. I think Andre said a lot of what I was going to say, but I think for me, um, he definitely left a mark in my mind because it was almost like a direct contrast to how I was learning in ID. Um, neither good nor bad, but it's just different in that like for him, when he started his own school and built this entire school, he completely gave the power basically to the students and empowered the students to do whatever and whatever they wanted um, you know, through 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 the lifestyles that he was he was guiding them. Like for example, they had a community kitchen so that all the students have to cook together and not only that but then clean their dishes. And if you were a guest in the school, you have to do the same thing too. Um, or like um, they one of his curriculum it seemed as if let's say he had to build furniture, he would get like the master furniture designer to come and teach the class for two weeks and these, these students, all the pictures were extremely hands on. They're all of his, all the pictures that he ever had of the students were the students like down and like working um, side by side up out of their chairs. They were never really sitting, um, and it was just such a different way of, of learning, of thinking about how you know I enter a school and I know I I'm empowered to decorate the walls exactly how I want it. I can morph the entire building um, if I wanted to as a student in however many years I'm in that school. And I don't know. I thought it was a very different way of learning uh, from like what we were kind of going through at ID, yeah. um, very lecture-based um, and, and sometimes practicum, but even with practicum, it's still not very hands-on, it's kind of like hands-off. Yeah, um, it's, it's more towards the, the conversation interaction, the actually the doing interaction, yeah. instead of doing together, let tell me and then I'll do it, right? Yeah. Or let, let, let versus yeah. let's do it together yeah. now, Yeah. Um, which is very different. And um, I mean, he even mentioned Bauhaus, yeah, Bauhausian um, like me methods and, and, and sort of philosophy and like I could see it you know yeah. I could definitely see it so for me he stuck out just because um, it was I think the only one on education um, and his presence I think was just so his calm meditative presence was just I think he just took over the stage for me and I would say also one of the things that he really spoke to me about um, him and actually a little bit of Tim Brown he mentioned in his Q&A uh, was that how design isn't, it's not just something that's taught, it's a skill that's mastered, you know? Um, it is something that's a lifelong skill you have to practice, you have to do it over and over again. Um, and it's not just, here's design thinking, here's some designers, no, like what we're doing is a craft, it's a skill that we have to master, and I think um, his school really showed that.
we got to talk with Emmanuel Pratt from here in Chicago with the Sweetwater Foundation, who was, uh, really had a really great talk. Um, and he works in the South Side uh, building. Um, Bronzeville. In, in, in Bronzeville and, and also Englewood, right? In Woodlawn, oh, that yeah, area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he brings uh, communities together to uh, grow food. And um, really, his whole sort of foundation was keeping youth out of, out of prisons. And um, it, it was really great to speak with him. And he was really excited, really, to um, work with IIT students. So, um, yeah, he was, he, he was, he's, he was a, a guy that brought a conversation. Um, he, he also um, kind of like shift the, 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 the potential of um, the design in terms of like technology use and um, business part and um, you know um, this um, let's say this capitalism approach of the design um, field towards this very meaningful, very humane uh, um, perspective of it and, and, and um, saying, hey, um, there, are other, there, are, there are very meaningful ways that we can engage, that we can promote. And it was quite interesting to see his conversation and his talk touching the audience the entire business audience, right? Everybody understood, and all of a sudden comes this guy talking about the, the south side of Chicago uh, with all of the vocabularies, capabilities, languages that they were talking, but applied to, you know, smiles, to life-changing, to um, community building, mm -hmm. to um, empowering people um, so, so you're talking about using business like models and all this stuff, applying them to actually to social entrepreneurship. Yeah. yeah. So it was, and that's a successful case, right? So, uh, which I, I felt was quite interesting to see how he he understood that both things are not mutually exclusive. In fact, they can also feed on each other, right? Um, so, and and I I guess he he also. Um, you know, turned the attention, got the attention from everybody there. It was, it was, it was great, and we ke we I kept in touch with him. Like we still we we talked. We he's a PhD candidate at Columbia, um, so we've been yeah we've been exploring ways that we can interact. So so yeah so that that that's one of the that, that's um, great yeah that, one of one the positive outcomes. Of, of the visit there. Um, That's great. Yeah. Um, Jessica, yeah, any connections? I was just going to say um, the gala dinner was, was pretty funny because it was wonderful, formal, four-course, delicious dinner. But I think what was funny is that like, everyone was there to network. Mm. So even between courses, um, there was like two tables of ID alum who were there, and I, we, I basically ate through, or no, talked through the soup round, talked through the entree round, and the next thing I knew was like, I think like the, the person who was speaking was like, please can everyone go back to their seats uh, so we can present the next winner because I looked around and almost half of the people were out of their seats. Um, we were between courses, just like networking with other people at different tables. But for me, um, a very pleasant surprise is meeting so many ID alum who were all over Asia, um, which is really nice. So they all came up from all over, Singapore, Tokyo, somewhere in Hong Kong, um, different companies, S.C. Johnson, yeah, Shenzhen, yeah. So 
India as yeah. well also. And so that was a really nice thing to see alumni from all different years. Um, happy alumni. Happy alumni. They were all happy for sure. And they were. They absolutely were. And, and also, it was it was happy for us uh, also yeah. to see that they were very willing to help in, in anything. Like yes. I was asking questions left and right, and they were like, "Hey, you know, contact me afterwards. Like, here's my card." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was. Well, I mean, the the entire. Uh, that's one of the things that I felt that the the panels. The panelists that are the 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 speakers, the um the the entire framing was mostly towards um like a like a business presentation as well, right? Like some of them, not all of them. Like uh, we mentioned a couple of them that brought a lot of meaningful ways, but they are they were also saying, hey. Um, I'm willing. Like there, there were even a couple of speakers that say, "I'm expecting to work with Hong Kong. Mm. I'm excited to be here. I want to contribute to the city. I want to, you know, to um, uh, work with the government. You know." Instead, so I felt that 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 was a stage for, um, you know, like that's um, like a. a how to say like a a, a shopping, uh, <laughs> like it's like a window shopping. Yeah, window, window shopping, shopping like, of this opportunities. Is, this yeah. is who I am. Yeah. Come talk to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, this yeah. is my work, and um, so that was quite interesting to see. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that that I was very um, very lucky to be um, to be able to see was the entire afternoon based on um, food and design. Mm-hmm. Which is um, my topic of of, of research. Um, so it was great to be there. It was great to um, have a lot of contact. Um, um, there were there's this girl Mar Mergy, um from the Netherlands who has she calls herself independent eating designer. Um, she has a um, a department of design academy in Eindhoven and she's exploring the food um, as a way, as the way of connecting people and reframing the way that people have been connecting. So it's, it's very, very interesting how she's designing the experience around food, but not only the experience, but also the food as a product, the food as a, 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 an education, um, artifact um, the food as a question mark um, so so it was it was very interesting to see how she how, how she's exploring the different identity of food um, um, through her projects she was actually the person Ignacio and I were talking about of um, is she a designer is she an artist what is she mm-hmm. um, you know she uses food to express and explore uh, questions in the political and social space, and so we're like, was that a designer? I don't know if you came to any conclusion, Ignacio. But 
Yeah, I, I think I decided she was an artist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Because uh, she posed the questions, right? And she made, pe she made people question it themselves and contemplate on, on it, but there were no actual solutions that I think is a part of the equation of being a designer. I mean, just one of her projects, uh, she, she was the, uh, the gypsy yep. experience, right? So one of the projects that she featured was uh, she had these gypsy women Uh, which in in the country uh, was it the Netherlands? No, it was in not Denmark. in the Netherlands. In, in Europe, uh, yeah. I, I guess gypsy culture has a negative connotation. So she had these uh, gypsy women um, feed people through sort of like a, a wall, a curtain, like, a, a curtain yeah. uh, behind a curtain. Like with they, the gypsy women would feed the person behind the curtain with their hand. Um, and then tell them stories about their experiences uh, at being a gypsy, which, um, which I thought was very powerful. Um, There's no visual interaction. So no visual interaction yeah. at all. You can't see When the When narrative yeah. becomes identity, exactly. the masks fall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so which, which I think was a, a great experience that she, I, I think she designed that experience, but I think ultimately her project was artistic. So uh, all right, we're running a little bit out of time, but do you guys, uh, <laughs> Any overall thoughts on the conference? Pros and cons? A little inspiration from the speakers that you want to put out there? Or what do you think would make the conference a little better for you guys? Mm, not a little better, but I would say that um, um, I really missed, we are in 2016, and I really missed the topic of sustainable development in design which is just a symptom that designers have not figured out yet a way to design for sustainable development and understanding that sustainable development is about the future and design is also about the future. There's no way to design if there's no future, right? <laughs> so um, it's, uh, uh, so my, my, my question still is, is in the same way that Uh, it's the same feeling that I got from a couple of speakers of why are we not talking about this? Why we are not framing our discussion under certain, it's because we don't know, it's because we don't have the tools, it's because we don't have the vocabulary for it. How, how is this going? You know, where, where is it going? I think for me, I think the conference as, as, a, as a passive audience member, it was great. You couldn't You could not learn anything. It was kind of impossible not to learn anything. So, um, but I think what one thing I found was a little ironic. Um, I think in the middle of one of the speakers where I felt really inspired, probably the what's next one, where I was like, yes, I want to do something. I want to make something. You have an entire room of designers who is probably itching to do something, but where are those outlets during the conference? It could be small. It could be, you know, little pieces of paper where people can draw things out and share it out. It could be, right? Um, it, there could be a station where there's like clay or something where people can be molding things out. I almost wanted to go and create something out of clay, like the very moment after one of the speakers. Um, and I think that it's kind of harnessing the fact that you have a room full, a conference full of people who are makers um, and, and seeing what can come out of those. I'm not asking for big projects. I'm just asking what did you think and, and getting that sort of uh, visual aids out of the rest of the audience would have been And I definitely got, I definitely got the, 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 the energy and the curiosity to go back to Hong Kong and explore, <laughs> yeah. and explore the, the, the Hong Kong, the city that we could not, right? So, yeah. I mean. 
same yeah. same feeling that I that I feel like I want to go back to Hong Kong just to explore it because I feel like I got a fraction of it. Yeah. Um, not even. Not not even. It, it was it was a beautiful beautiful city, and uh, and also want to thank uh, all the organizers of the event, including yeah. our sponsor Victor Lowe, um, and our or, the organizer of it, Vivian Vivian yeah. Chang. She was great. Um, just want to thank them. And uh, and thank you, Jessica and Andre, for coming and doing this little podcast. Thank Ignacio. Yeah, thank you, Ignacio. <laughs> and also, uh, just to mention, the other ID students that went with us, Marcelo and Roberto, uh, that were not able to be here today. But thank you all, also for making it a great experience. And as well, the IIT architecture students oh, that yeah. went with us as well. Roomies. They were amazing. Uh, definitely part of the great experience in Hong Kong.